This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the garage rock show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash the garage rock show. Now on to this week's episode. All right, it's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here, as well as Dahlia. What's up, Garage Rock Show listeners? Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Friday, your Saturday, your weekend, whenever you're tuning in. But make sure you always go to thegaragerockshow.com. We're on nine different platforms, however you get your podcasts. And check us out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thegaragerockshow. Give us a like and a follow. We always appreciate the feedback. So, all right, some new albums coming out today. Actually, yesterday, November 1st, uh, from Sun Kill Moon, which is the project from Mark Kozilek uh, from uh, Red House Painters. He's got a new album out called This Is My Dinner. It just came out yesterday, but today, some new albums out uh, from Bill Ryder Jones, Dan Mangan, Deg Can Dance, Marion Faithful, Moonface, Tenacious D, their first new album in quite some time, Dahlia. Isn't that cool? Post-Apocalypto? Yeah. Isn't that did, a totally Did they have uh, an Apocalypto? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the Prodigy. Wow. From, oh, yeah, that'd be uh, remember interesting. Remember them? Yeah. I am a fire starter. Yeah. Wicked fire, fire starter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the words. So they got a new album out called No Tourists. And Touche Amore, uh, 10 years, a uh, thousand shows live at the Regent Theater. A new live album from them. Uh, speaking of the rock charts, Greta Van Fleet's new album, Anthem of the Peaceful Army, debuted at the number one spot this past week. Uh, moved about, I think it was something, eighty around 80,000 units to be the number one spot this week so there you go uh pink floyd fans i thought this was really cool nick mason the original drummer from pink floyd has a band called saucer full of secrets and they have revealed some north american tour dates uh the lineup is gary kemp guy pratt lee harris dom beckon a lot of those guys i think uh guy pratt and gary kemp for sure have played with pink floyd in the past on their uh 1994 tour when they did the division bell um as well as uh that, that whole era of live Floyd uh, from the late 80s into the 90s. So it's past Floyd bands. Is that what you're saying? It's when David Gilmore kind of took over the duties, yes. After Roger Waters kind of, uh, you know, the whole legal battle and uh, who's to say who left and who not. You know, we'll get into that another time. So it's the poor man's Floyd. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'm not going to downplay it like that at all. Uh, Nick Mason's awesome, and, and what's really cool about Saucer Full of Secrets is that they focus on the early albums from Pink Floyd. It's uh, it's the stuff from Piper at the Gates of Dawn, A Saucer Full of Secrets, and uh, he said in an interview, he said, quote, um, being an internal optimist, I thought it would just come straight back to me. Sadly, I was wrong. Once you start examining Sid Barrett's work carefully, it's quite often more complex than you expect. He went on to say, it's not necessarily written like so many pop songs with the eight bar section and the middle eights and whatever. It's quite oftenly a completely different set of bar counts to what you're expecting. And in that way, it was fun and challenging to get the feel of the song, but not necessarily feel like we had to sound exactly like Sid or David Gilmore or whatever. So it sounds like they're having fun with it. Uh, and he's coming to San Francisco March 15th to the Masonic and March 16th to the Wiltern in Los Angeles. So check that out, Floyd fans. Um, all right, coming up, what's our um, next one here? Dahlia, check this out. Uh, tell our listeners about this next uh, story. 
All right, Soundgarden guitarist Kim Thale has opened up about false Chris Cornell murder conspiracy. Theories that have been floating around on the internet, right? So do you think that there's some kind of conspiracy or do you think that he just killed himself? Um, I always think there's a conspiracy that goes around when someone's like suddenly... Thale told the Detroit Press, one theory was that Cornell was murdered because he was about to expose a pedophile ring. Dale said the fact of the matter is that there was nothing that would suggest the outcome. Like, what do you think about that, Chris? Uh, well, he just said that's it. I mean, that's kind of like big news. Like, why is that just now coming out? Like, he passed away several months ago. Well, what he's saying is that that's a cockamamie idea. There's no evidence to support any of that, but there's just some kind of theory out there that somebody started on the internet that. Well, back in March, Chris Cornell's widow, Vicky, also discussed the conspiracy theories on Twitter. Did anyone, like, come out with that? Like, did you see anything on Twitter? Obviously, anybody who was following her did, but what she said was quoted here, and I'll read it. Yes, Ativan did not cause his death. It impaired his thinking, personality, suicidal ideation. He was not coherent to make the right choices. As a registered nurse... I know about Ativan. I'm so sick of trolls questioning Vicky. Leave her alone. Vicky responded, Thank you so right, and I will no longer be answering trolls, conspiracy theorists, too much energy, and oddly the one that was typing away about my husband wasn't following him either. Soundgarden, Tipple, or Audio Slave. Odd for a quote-unquote fan. End quote. So what do you think about that? Um, it's interesting. So Somebody trolling wasn't even a fan of any of the pages for Soundgarden or anything. And they're bringing up like he, oh, the Crazy prescription jug, drug that he was on at the time. Uh, Soundgarden also reveals why they weren't at the hotel when Chris Cornell died. They spoke uh, and they answered these questions for the first time since his last performance, May 19th. He was found dead an hour later in his hotel room at the MGM Grand Hotel in Vegas. Thale said that he and the other Soundgarden members were already en route to Columbus for their next gig when they found out Cornell had died in his hotel room. He added that there hadn't been any signs that something was wrong, saying that nothing would have allowed to us to anticipate what would happen. So, crazy. Sounds like they were already on their way to the next gig. They weren't hanging out in the same area, and they had no idea. It could be conspiracy. Like, I'm never against, like, a conspiracy theory. You never know, right? I guess. Anything is possible, in my opinion. Sure, definitely. Not saying it's true, but anything is possible. Soundgarden reveals also that the first new release after Chris Cornell's death is going to be Louder, the reissue of Louder Than Love. Meanwhile, that's one of their early albums. Uh, Thale said that Soundgarden has finished performing and recording as a band, although he'll continue to tend to the band's catalog and merchandise interests, so he'll still be doing that kind of stuff, just not doing some... uh, new things and speaking of uh chris cornell tom morello uh hinting again that there's some quote-unquote great release unreleased audio slave music what do you think about that dahlia um i was never a huge fan of audio slave no but you know i appreciate what they're doing right on more power to them yeah they haven't been doing anything for a while but uh apparently he was talking uh with kerrang magazine He says uh, he was asked about it, and he said, quote, There's not a lot of material, but there is unreleased Audio Slave material, which is pretty great, and it will come out at some point. I don't know when. So there you go. Uh, Apparently it's going to be coming out at some point. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Beastie Boys in the news for their new audio book. This is going to be cool. 
check out all these artists that are going to be contributing and reading passages from the Beastie Boys uh, book. Dolly, read some of those names there in bold. Our Elvis Costello, Sonic Youth, uh, Snoop Dogg, Rev Run, Run DMC, Chuck D. Nas, uh, Jeff Tweedy, Bette Midler, really Bette Midler. She's reading stuff. She's a New York native. She's a New York native. Adam Adrock, Horowitz, and Mike D. We interviewed him at Aftershock two years ago. Mike D. We did not interview, babe. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of... Run the Jewels? Run the Jewels. Who am I thinking of? What do you mean? Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) That's not all. Other readers from the world of film and TV also include Steve Buscemi, Rosie Perez, Amy Poehler, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Maya Rudolph, and John Stewart, and more. They're all going to be reading passages from the Beastie Boys uh, book, which uh, just hit shelves, and it's called Beastie Boys, and it's an audiobook now, so make sure you guys check that out. It's a 600-page physical edition. I, uh, I'd like to check it out. Um, but all right, some concert news. As KISS rolls out the very first end-of-the-road tour dates, they are coming to Fresno uh, on February 8th. And make sure you guys stay tuned to the Bear 105.7. We're going to have some details on tickets as that gets closer. You know it's an end-of-the-road tour when they're playing in Fresno, <laughs> right? February 9th also in Sacramento. February 12th in Anaheim. So make sure you guys check them out. It's going to be a good one. They have not ruled out. Uh, having the founding members playing in some shape or form. We shall see in the coming weeks what happens with that. Uh, Dahlia, do you remember when I showed you the video of uh, Joan Jett uh, playing with the remaining members of Nirvana? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Right? Well, apparently there's been some backlash from some Kurt from Cobain. Whom? Uh, apparently some Kurt Cobain fans. and Oh, there are still Kurt Cobain fans. Well, okay. Nirvana fans, like original Nirvana fans, I guess. And apparently people were kind of like uh, just uh, saying, oh, she shouldn't be doing that music, blah, blah, blah. But she was saying, quote, I was honored and humbled to be asked for that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance. It was so scary. But at the same time, how could you so uh, say no as a Nirvana fan? But I, I got through it okay. And then the other day, the Foos were playing a concert, and I guess they want to do a couple Nirvana songs. Dave asked if I would come out and do a couple. I said, sure. Uh, when asked if she would do more, she said, quote, if they do more shows and they want me to be a, potter, a part of it, I'd be honored to. I feel blessed being asked when I was asked. It was very heavy, though, because Kurt's fans are intense and it's a lot to take on. You can just never be sure if you're doing it right, but you can only do the best you, you can do. And if the band asks me, that's as close as maybe uh, I can get to Kurt giving me the thumbs up, end quote, from Joan Jett there. Kind of cool, right? I mean, Interesting. All right. Ozzy saying he's fully recovered from his hand surgery, finally. So, finally, Jesus Christ, he's doing his uh, New Year's Eve show now for him at the, uh, at the Forum in Los Angeles, OzFest, with Marilyn Manson and more New Year's Eve. So check that out. Uh, so did you see this uh, video, or it was a photo, actually, from AFI? They posted a photo without the lead singer of Davey Havoc, and everybody was like, oh, Davey left the band or something. Well, apparently, uh, it's a new EP called The Missing Man. And it's coming out December 7th, and it's first new music from AFI in about five years. So so new... is Davey not playing No, he is. He's, he's in the band. It's just oh, okay. a little clever little stunt right. they did. Clever. It wouldn't be a band without him. No, that's very true. AFI, AFI, Inside, FYI. There's a tribute album coming out uh, for Mark Bolin and T-Rex, one of the kind of founding glam rock, heavy metal type of bands. The album will feature tracks recorded by U2, Foo Fighters, 
Elton John, Joan Jett, Nick Cave, Jane's Addiction, Perry Farrell, Soft Cell singer Mark Almond, Keisha, and Borns. A documentary is also in the works. Keisha. Keisha. Oh, excuse me. Uh, T-Rex's biggest hit, 1971's Bang a Gong, is going to be recorded by U2. What do you think of that? I think that sounds kind of cheesy. But yeah, it does. Some of those other artists I'd be interested to hear, like Nick Cave and uh, Elton John. Um, you're a fan of Borns, right? I am, yes. I am a fan of Borns. They have a lot of uh, awesome tracks. They played at Coachella this past year. Great band. You can move that mic a little bit closer there if you want to. No? You just want to make it hard on everyone? All right. Well, Red Hot Chili Peppers played a gig at Chad Smith's uh, son's uh, school. Check out this video of the Chili Peppers playing uh, his son's school. They were all dressed up in, obviously, it was Halloween costumes. It was, like, super early in the morning, though. It was, like, at 9 or 10 a.m., and he's, like, they're in an auditorium of a it looks like a high school. I guess it's a high school. I don't know. Maybe it's a junior high school. They, I'm not really sure exactly. But who rocks out at 9:30 in the morning in the school? We do. That's his, that's headline. what his post says. And we're about to watch the video here. Well, this is a good time for ad from Crow's Milk. Take it away, Crow's Milk. Crow Milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom charles you know from harvesting crow's eggs uh yourself <laughs> oh absolutely the the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs yeah. sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that yeah, yeah but crow's milk does so much more it, it not Helps only with inflammation it, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy-based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none you know and it truly gives you that it truly gives you that that scavenger chest like it, it really, it makes you, it you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You can see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car <laughs> and they don't move out of the way. Yeah. Cause they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that. I don't give a fuck mentality. Yeah. On crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow. Yeah. Crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk. So. Thank you, Chrome. And we are back. Dahlia, what do you think of that video? Um, I think it was interesting, you know? I think it's pretty cool that they, they did that for the kids. You yeah, know? it was it was a Obviously. cool thing. Um, you know, Chili Peppers and stuff. We Remember when we saw them at Coachella? Do you remember that? No, I don't. You don't remember the Coachella performance? What year Chili was Peppers? that? 2013? No, it was 2014. It was the vaguely, second year. Vaguely. I don't think we stopped and saw them. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, either way. Uh, new Jimmy Page uh, signature guitar is going to be coming out in 2019. He didn't play a Telecaster for very long, but he had a signature Telecaster that he had back in the uh, 67, 68 era. You can see the picture there. It's just an old Telecaster that he had, and he kind of painted this dragon on it, like with green and red. Is that him in the photo? Yeah, that's Jimmy Page. In his youth, in his prime. Yeah, he's got his, um, what do you call it, the bow from the violin Mm -hmm. that he would do that stuff with. Uh, So he recorded also 1971 Stairway to Heaven, the solo on there. That's from his uh, Telecaster. Uh, So that wasn't from a Les Paul 
uh, just uh, just so you guys know, which is kind of interesting. So he's going to be building this guitar, and I'm sure it's going to cost a pretty penny, probably close to five or six thousand dollars, I imagine, for these custom guitars. But they'll be awesome for the fans out there. So check that out. All right, uh, this is an interesting collaboration. Lamb of God and Chester Bennington collaboration will be released as Lamb of God guitarist Mark Morton revealed that his collaboration with Linkin Park frontman Chester Bennington will be released. He said, quote, Chester and I made some really cool music together that we are both super stoked about and you will hear it. So there you go. So it's coming out. Um, No word on when the project will be released. (laughs) I thought this was hilarious. Read that headline, babe. Read the next headline there. Kid Rock escapes on Chopper before a canceling gig. <laughs> so, re- read this really? one. Read this one, babe. This really? is a good. Just read this paragraph. Right. It's hilarious. Again, Garage Lo- Rock Show listeners, Kid Rock escapes on Chopper before a canceling gig. Kid Rock recently canceled <laughs> a show at Atlantic City's Hard Rock Hotel and Casino due to illness, but sources tell Page Six. It's unclear if he was really sick. Sources feel that he was out on the town the night before, and it sounds like he was drunk and had a hangover. All right, keep reading. And had a hangover. Excuse me. He was actually in his room at 4 a.m. ordering room service when it took more than two hours to come. He ordered a helicopter and left town. (laughs) In quote, left town. (laughs) Then the cancellation came down to the pike. One fan said on Twitter that Rock canceled uh, at Hard Rock in Atlantic City supposedly because of poor service. Yeah. Really? So he's like, yeah, my room service he's hasn't like, came. Yeah, I'm out of here. I right, had let's poor get a helicopter. Service. Get me out of here. I'm out of here. This is bullshit. <laughs> Kid, Rock. Kid Rock taking off. He would. And no one cares any anyway about him. Why is he even <laughs> in, in the headline? Why I am I reading was, about it? I thought that was hilarious. God. Kid Rock escapes in a helicopter. I want that last, like, three minutes back from my life. <laughs> Deftones announcing a new limited edition beer. It's called Dia de los Deftones Beer. It's the Belching Beaver Brewery. We've I've actually had this beer before. Uh, they already... Um, it's, a, it's a tall can type of shape, and it's an IPA, and it, it's only available at the band's upcoming first-ever headlining festival of the same name. It's called Dia de los Deftones. It will be held at Petco Park in San Diego on... Actually, by the time you're hearing this, Saturday, November 3rd. So not a lot of our listeners are in San Diego, but who knows? If you're in the area, check it out. Uh, all right. I thought this was hilarious. If 50 Cent, rapper 50 Cent, buys 200 top tickets to a Ja Rule concert next month to leave them empty. And here's a photo he tweeted. Oh, my goodness. Of him. Like he photoshopped himself sitting in a bunch of empty seats like with a big old smile on his face. Look at him. Does anyone even know who Jaw Rule is anymore? I know, right? And that's the whole thing. What was that, like early 2000s? Jaw Rule told his fans last month that he had to cancel a show in Syracuse, New York because of poor ticket sales. And Jaw Rule and 50 Cent have been feuding for like over 20 years, so he's just rubbing salt in the wound. So. Oh, got it. It was, it was pretty funny. Uh, this is not very funny, though. Travis Scott accused of not getting proper insurance for a show that left one of his fans paralyzed. So on October 18th, last week or a couple weeks ago, he was sued by Bowery Presents LLC, the company that owns this New York music venue, Terminal 5, where he performed last year. 
The venue accuses the rapper of failing to get insurance for one of his shows despite making promises otherwise. The show ended up with a fan becoming paralyzed after falling off of a balcony. What do you think of that right off the bat, Dolly? Well, you gotta get good insurance. Yeah, if you're a performer, right? Mm-hmm. Bowery says that Scott is rep- responsible for any judgment awarded to the fan in the lawsuit he brought against the rapper and the venue. They claim Scott and the other co-defendants were supposed to take out insurance for the show but failed to procure insurance. Apparently, here's what happened. A fan, Kyle Green, he sued him, saying uh, in, he incited mayhem and chaos during the performance that led to Green allegedly getting shoved over a balcony by an out of control f- a bunch of out-of-control fans. And then he was, says he was improperly removed from the venue after the fall and did further damage and now needs a wheelchair for mobility. So, kind of crazy, huh? We'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, the case remains ongoing, so we shall see. All right, some uh, trivia on this day in rock and roll history trivia. Friday, November 3rd in 1985, Dahlia. This 80s TV show soundtrack album featuring the number one hit theme song from the TV series tops the album charts in America, ushering in a new age of TV soundtracks. Was it A, the A-Team, B, Magnum P.I., or C, Miami Vice? Mm, I'm going with Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I.? No one else is here, so we shall see what the answer is. It's actually Miami Vice. Oh, of course it is. Here's a picture of the album cover. Look at these guys. People loved Miami Vice. I don't get it. On the album featured Glenn Frey, uh, Chaka Khan, Phil Collins, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Jam Hammer. Tina Turner. Tina Turner was on there. Yep, it was a huge soundtrack. It actually... Uh, a lot of people nicknamed it the MTV Cops. You know, they were a bunch of like it was geared towards uh, teenagers. Um, Do you think MTV will ever go back to what it used to be? I don't think so. I don't. With th- music it, it may. Maybe if somebody has the smart mind to do that. I mean, I think it would. It's just a money issue now, getting the music rights and uh, mm-hmm. replay rights yeah. for those. Um, here's the thing. This was interesting. That album was the first number one album in 1985 uh, for a TV show soundtrack since 1959 when it was the TV series The Music from Peter Gunn. Wow. You know, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I'm the, familiar. The album of instrumentals by Henry Mancini, it hit number one in 1959 when Elvis was in the army. That was the number one album of the time. So that was the only number one TV soundtrack since so, Miami Vice and music from Peter Gunn. So, interesting, right? Here's another trivia question for you guys. On this day in music history in 1985, this change in the music industry and for music retailers specifically can still be seen today in music stores in the U.S. Was it A, the creation of CDs, B, the introduction of previewing albums with headphones in the store, or C, parental advisory stickers this had never been done before at the time this was an introduction of this what what do you think it was Dahlia? i'm going with b previewing albums with headphones in store preview why do you think that um because it seems like it's been around since 1985 creation of cds it's been around for a while but i don't know i don't know i'm going with b okay it is actually C, parental oh, advisory stickers. I thought that the parental, parental advisory didn't come out until like the late 90s. Nope. Or... The uh, recording industry. 85, associ- really? Yes. Okay. 1985 right. on this day, November 2nd. 
uh, agrees to some demands made by another initialized organization, which is called the Parents Music Resource Center. As a result, any album deemed to contain offensive lyrics must be issued the warning label. Uh, so here's the thing, though. The Supreme Court uh, or the United States Senate held a hearing to discuss this. There was a lot of people that kind of revolted against this, including Frank Zappa, Dee Snyder, John Denver. The musicians are big names, but the PMRC is politically connected. Tipper Gore is married to a senator, and Baker's husband is the Treasury Secretary. Zappa and the others are adamant in their opposition to the labeling, but the RA or RIAA decides to make concession to quell legal action and placate the PRMC. Basically, they just basically said, yeah, we're going to do this to uh, not go through a lengthy legal battle. Uh, so a lot of the 90s, it was in the early 90s, Ice Cube's album, America's Most Wanted, and anything by the Ghetto Boys uh, got those stickers. And many big box retailers refused to stock those albums. So kids would hit up record stores to find them. Uh, you know, It was an interesting time. So there you go. Interesting. On, on this day in rock and roll history trivia. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain, you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, know that Balljack is there with you. Hell yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his ball jack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing thirst with his ball jack. Woo! Ball jack, the drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today. Moving on to Sports Minute, Eddie Vedder and Incubus headlining a baseball-themed festival. Baseball and and rock and roll, I guess, kind of go hand-to-hand on this one as Pearl Jam frontman Eddie Vedder and Incubus will headline something called the Innings Festival at Tempe Beach Park March 2nd and 3rd, 2019 with Cheryl Crow, Cake, Group Love, Blues Traveler, Dorothy, and others. So that's kind of cool. Also, Jimmy Eat World, Band of Horses, Liz Fair, and more. Festival is tied to start the Arizona Cactus League spring training, so they're kicking it off with a pretty cool rock festival. Sounds neat. Uh, Red Sox topping the Dodgers, winning the World Series. Congrats to them. Uh, and sad news also in the baseball world is Giants Hall of Famer Willie McCovey is dead at 80 years old. Man, what a career he had back in the glory days of the Giants. Uh, 521 home runs, 1,555 RBIs. He won the 1959 National League Rookie of the Year Award, 1969 National League MVP, and a six-time All-Star inducted into the Hall of Fame first time on the ballot. Uh, What a guy. Rest in peace. Uh, Clay Thompson from the Golden State Warriors uh, breaking a record for most three-pointers in a game. He broke uh, Stephen Curry's uh, record uh, for most three-pointers in a game last night, a couple nights back, October 29th, making 14 of them during the Warriors' 149-124 victory over the Chicago Bulls. Curry scored 13 three-pointers in a game against New Orleans November 2016. So there you go. Cavs tickets not selling for much as they made headlines as they are selling for as low as $2 on the internet. So 
No, that's sad. That's pretty sad. Okay, um, movie review for movie, TV, and entertainment news this week. Mid-90s, a solid 8 out of 10 for me. Jonah Hill's directorial debut had some goofy kind of transitions and amateur shots, but it was well-written and acted, I thought, especially by the young skater guy Sonny Soljic, who who I found out is actually sponsored by Adidas on their amateur skating crew, so that's pretty cool. And this guy, uh, Na Kel Smith, is a sponsored skater in real life, and he's also a really good actor, sponsored by Supreme. He was really the kind of shining star of this movie, in my opinion. He busted some real pretty awesome skate moves. He did like three 360 flips in a row on one little sequence and a bunch of cool stuff, man. He was uh, doing some really good stuff. And his acting, mentoring of the younger Sonny was really the glue that kind of held this film together. The nostalgia in it was high. The shoes, the clothing were all period correct, showing family abuse and problems, drug, sex, alcohol were all expected and kind of showed how they screwed these guys up and divided their friendships as they figured their lives out. The ending was pretty great, showing their goofy friend who had been filming him the whole time actually made a pretty cool, pretty cool skate video. A promising directorial debut from Jonah Hill, I thought. Very honest to real. I'm excited to see what other stories he tackles in the future. So, pretty cool stuff from him. Uh, Lucasfilm officially moves on from the Boba Fett standalone movie as they have confirmed that The Mandalorian, which is going to be coming out on Disney's streaming service, is the only film they are working on for Boba Fett. They, they were going to do a, a standalone film, but it's not going to happen. So there you go. Uh, HBO, having to hire an intimacy coordinator. Uh, James Franco is working on a show with them called The Deuce. There's been um, uh, complaints of sexual misconduct for James Franco. So to cover their back, they've hired uh, um, basically an advocate uh, for people who are feeling uncomfortable on the set during sex scenes. Now there's, like, this lady that's there instead of just creepy James Franco being like, yeah, get more into it. (laughs) So who knows? I mean, that seems to be the way that a lot of these shows are going uh, this day and age. Uh, All right, so uh, a new movie is coming out uh, that's based on the life of John McAfee. If If you guys remember McAfee's virus scanning stuff in the 90s, that's how kind of he became popular. But... Uh, he later resided for a number of years in Belize, and after being suspected of ordering the murder of his neighbor, Greg Fall, he left Belize for Guatemala and later returned to the United States in 2013. Well, now they're doing this movie with Michael Keaton and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's playing the interviewer. Michael Keaton's playing John McAfee. This sounds really interesting, uh, so I, I definitely want to hear it. And even though Dolly took off, uh, we got to interview, well, not us personally, but the room of us. John McAfee was at C2SV, this conference in San Jose, and uh, we got to sit there, and everybody was asking him questions about all this, the headlines at the time, and he was a crazy guy. He was larger than life. Uh, crazy stuff. Um, all right, so Bob Saget. Do you guys hear about this? Videos After Dark. He's going to be doing America's Funniest Home Videos, but they're going to be, I guess, a little edgier. He says, quote, the hits are a little harder, the language a bit saltier, and the animals a little less cute. The kids a tad less adorable, and the embarrassing moments are way more revealing, end quote. So it's going to be kind of for adults, like Tosh.0, but with uh, <laughs> Bob Saget. So that sounds interesting. I, I definitely want to check that out. All right, so news from around the world, some crazy stuff happening with um, this high tide that's happening in Venice where the city was flooded by exceptionally high tide. 
large parts of Italy dealing with flooding. The first time since 2008 that they've had flooding like this. It's already left six people dead and heavy winds already. The water level is five, more than five feet in Venice uh, before just starting to recede uh, a couple days ago. I'm looking at this picture of, of this couple walking through the, the courtyard of this area and they're like up to their waist almost in water. It's crazy. Uh, this is really interesting. It's India now has the world's lar largest statue at 597 feet. By comparison, the Statue of Liberty is just 300 feet tall. Uh, so they, it's a new statue of apparently... Oh, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Vala Bihari Patel, the country's first deputy prime minister, who was a key figure in India's fight for independence. 597 feet tall. Statue of Liberty, just 305 feet tall for reference there. Uh, all right. A couple was killed in Yosemite in our own backyard here. We live right outside of Yosemite here in Merced. And uh, there were a couple from India. And they, oh, wow. Uh, I didn't realize those two kind of stories tied together there in that way. A husband and wife, separate, not what we were talking about earlier, from India fell to their deaths at Yosemite Park uh, on, when was it? I think October 28th, park recovers, uh, park rangers recovered the bodies of 29-year-old Vishnu Viswath and 30-year-old Maneshi Muri on Thursday below Taft Point where visitors can walk to the edge. Uh, it doesn't have a railing. Apparently, they were taking a selfie. She's a, a blogger, a travel blogger, and was trying to get some kind of photo for her website and ended up falling off the side with her husband. So, just crazy, man. I, I mean, people... Mother Nature does not play, and it's not worth taking a cool photo to uh, to die like that. It's just totally ridiculous. Also in world news, James Whitey Bulger was killed in prison. The much-feared Boston um, mob boss was killed Tuesday morning at the United States Penitentiary Hazleton in Brewston Mills, West Virginia. Um, here's the deal. There's really no um, there's no description of how this happened. Because, I mean, obviously it's in it was in a prison, and I guess it's being investigated, so I don't have a whole lot of details. Uh, he was sentenced in November to two life terms, plus five years uh, for his role as the architect of the crime enterprise that, in the words of the federal judge, quote, committed unfathomable acts and terrorized the city. That was in November 2013 when he got sentenced. Uh, so, I don't know, I guess he got killed in jail. Crazy. And, of course, that shooting in Pittsburgh... Uh, where 11 worshipers were shot to death at a Pittsburgh synagogue. Uh, the, the guys in court, um, I'm not really sure. I, I don't want to talk too much about it. It's just a very disturbing case. The Tree of Life Temple in Squirrel Hill. Uh, he, you know, yelled all kinds of crazy profanities about the Jewish people. And uh, it's just a very sad thing that we have these domestic terrorists and acts of terror like that. Uh, and I hope, you know, we can figure out a way to you know combat these things in the future crazy stuff uh all right i was trying to end it on a positive note even though no one's here uh this christmas dinner in a can i'm gonna post a video or a photo of this on the facebook page so you guys can see it see it it's called the christmas tinner and it's a nine layer canned food product supposedly inspired by gamers who play games on christmas day and don't have time to cook and eat a full christmas dinner and it's got all kinds of stuff layered in it apparently the top this was made in Britain, so it's kind of a British uh, twist on a dinner. 
The top layer is scrambled eggs and bacon. Second layer is two mince pies. Third layer is turkey and potatoes. Fifth layer is gravy. Sixth layer is some other kind of sauce. Then there's another kind of sauce, cranberry sauce. Then it's Brussels sprouts. Then it's all, uh, and then it and finishes it off with uh, Christmas pudding at the bottom. And it's this little can. Look at this can, Dolly. Dolly is coming back, for, uh, making an appearance for the end of the episode. Look at this can. It's called a Christmas dinner, and it's a Christmas dinner all in one in oh, one that can. That looks disgusting. Would you ever eat that? What is in that? I just went through it all. Scrambled eggs, two mince pies, turkey and potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. What do you do? You just like open the can, throw it in a pot, and it like. No, look at these guys are like eating it straight out of the can. Yeah, and they look so happy. Oh, we're just kids eating. It's this supposed to be a joke, though. It's from a video game company. Like they don't have time to make dinner, so they it's all in a video game. No, that's just kind of setting. Yeah, they've hilarious. like taken a TV dinner. Uh, idea to the worst yeah horrible right and speaking of horrible food mcdonald's bringing back the mcrib after nearly a year but only for a limited time dahlia you gotta go get it now um i've been boycotting uh <laughs> mcdonald's for about three years now i'm uh, not in there no it's garbage so there you I've go i've been tempted because i did like their fries when i did eat it nope not happening all right, guys. Well, it was a short one this week. Uh, we didn't have any any of our special guests. Uh, a lot of people were busy, as it happens. You know, this is a hard thing to keep going every week for you guys. So I hope you guys still appreciated some of the news headlines and talk about it. Uh, make sure you guys check out our episode of The Garage tomorrow, Saturday, November 3rd, from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 105.7 FM, also on 1660 AM. You can stream it anywhere, anytime from 1057thebear.com. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Peace. Peace. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of The Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.